0: Welcome to the Big Break Software Podcast. We'll be talking with software startup founders, software coaches, and consultants and how they found their own software success. And now let's get started with the show. Hi everyone, this is Jordy Wardman here, host of the Big Break Software Podcast where we talk to top leaders in the software field like Seth Godin, Andrew Warner of G, and many more. This show where we talk to proven founders about their 0-30,000 to 30, 000 MRR journey and beyond. Today's episode is brought to you by OneStop.io. We have 45 developers waiting to take your SaaS idea to fruition. If you want a reliable full-stack development team with top talent that costs half as much as in-house developers... And you know you can trust your SaaS or mobile app with us. We'll give you the first 30 days, no risk. We guarantee being on time and on budget, or we finish the project at no extra cost. Contact us at onestop.io, and we'll talk about your SaaS project today. Today, I have Naeem Paiman, who is the CEO and founder of Zivu. Zivu is a CRM that helps owners or managers of vacation rentals uh, manage their rentals. Um, And we will discuss how Naeem discovered the idea for Zivu, how he funded the MVP and built his SaaS from 0 to 30,000 MRR. How are you today, Naeem?
1: I am doing very well and glad to be on here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure and I uh, appreciate you your coming on on short notice. Um, so why don't you give me a quick intro? This is a bit different than our usual SAS podcast. So tell me a bit about yourself and
1: um, about Zivu. Sure. Um, so <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't know who you usually have on here. It's sorry. I've never actually listened to another one because I only found out about you yesterday. But as you say, probably a bit different in that we're not your standard startup, but we're more of a spin-off startup, if that makes sense. So I actually started, um, I had a business, a property management company managing, um, short-term rentals and uh, Zebu was born out of the need of that business. Um, So, we had operational issues which we needed to solve, and we couldn't find adequate software on the market, so we started developing our own. Okay, so really, it was was
0: a a pain that you were solving for yourself. That's right. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. And are you also running the property management business alongside of this now, still?
1: Yes, using the software. So, it's really helped us scale. Okay, great. And then you
0: just decided to sell it out to... um, other people like yourself. So you're essentially selling into your own vertical. So you understand the problem very well, um, which is a big advantage.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably one of the keys to our success is understanding the customers inside out. Okay, great. So before the show started, you
0: mentioned that you started about a year ago. Um, It sounds like probably something was happening with COVID is that sort of what brought it about Um, or tell me what happened uh tell me about like the you know how the mvp came up and and why you decided to build this
1: sorry i i should have mentioned we launched officially a year ago but we've been working on this for three four years now ah okay okay cool okay so tell me about it yeah i started the business managing the properties uh, five six years ago and then i was still at university i went back finished off my last year at university and then uh, when i graduated i started expanding the business and then we had issues and at that point i decided to stop scaling that business because i saw that without tech we wouldn't be able to handle things properly in the long term you know reviews were dropping and there were too many uh, elements which were prone to human error which kept going wrong we're just firefighting the whole time basically um so we sort of took a breather and then um, we were trying to develop something as an add on to the system that we were using as a property management system. And then we, I, the one point I just realized that, you know, <laughs> that system wasn't up to it. So we had to replace the whole thing. And then that was August, uh, I forget the year, two, two and a half years ago or whatever. Um, and we had a six month notice period with that system. So I just told, um, that we had two developers at the time, you've got six months to replace this whole system. And um, they thought they did, except for when we started using it for our own business, we, I soon realized that they had not understood the core requirement of availability. Basically, that one flat could only have one guest at a time. And we started having lots of overbookings. Oh, okay. That sounds like a big, was a a big problem. It was steep learning so, curve.
0: <laughs> so um, the property management company, what was the core problem? Like, why were you not happy with the software? What was the problem?
1: So we actually tried, I think, six or seven different pieces of software, and we had demos with dozens um, to try and yeah. find if we see if we could find something on the market. Um, in very easy terms, basically, there's a lot of providers out there for hotel software. And that so is, is
0: so like a PMS, basically.
1: Yeah. It, PMS that's and what channel that, manager, if you know the technical right, terms. Right, right, right. So and PMS
0: is property management system, which is for, say, like a small boutique hotel and that's what you were trying to use, and it didn't work for you because you're doing property.
1: You're a management
0: company. You don't own the the units
1: that, that you're renting out. Is that correct? At the time, I didn't. That's right. Yeah, I was just okay, managing. Now you,
0: now you own. So you're getting into sort of real estate as well.
1: Yeah. I launched an investment fund uh, this winter. So we've purchased a couple of seven hotels at the moment and uh, starting to work on okay. others as well. Okay, great. Okay.
0: Uh, well,
1: that's exciting.
0: So then tell me what was the problem. So... Because it's property management, what, what is the difference between like how a PMS handles this and, and what your needs are? Yeah, were? that's right.
1: So as you were mentioning, so there are PMSs for boutique hotels. The trouble with them, and so basically what they do is they're really mostly central reservation systems where you've got a list of your bookings and then you can deduce arrivals, departures, and some basic task management or basic accounting in some cases. The problem with uh, most of them, even the very advanced ones, um, are that the ones that are built for hotels are built for a single location. So say you own a chain of hotels, then you end up having multiple accounts and you have to log in and log out, even in the modern cloud-based ones, or shall I say modern cloud-based ones. And on the other side, we've got the um, uh, sort of Airbnb piggyback type PMSs and channel managers, or all-in-ones, as they've ended up becoming, which um, both manage the central availability and also connect with various websites like Airbnb and Booking.com and Expedia and so on for vacation rental managers. The problems we had with those is that those are designed to work the way that Airbnb was designed to work, which is per listing. And a listing is usually, you know, a room in your house or an entire apartment or a vacation home or whatever. But as soon as you start having multiple units in the same building, Airbnb can 't really manage that now they, they sort of can with you up that was released recently, but they couldn't at the time, and certainly none of the softwares that were designed to work off the back of them could so you know a management company like ours, which was managing individual homes, you know rooms in people's homes, entire blocks of apartments, apart hotels, guest houses um, in multiple cities, we just had so many issues in that the architecture of these softwares didn't allow for that level of complexity. You know, and then put on top of that, that we started working across more than one country and we need multi-currency setups and the whole thing just, you know, you couldn't find anything that worked. Ah, I see. Okay. And you,
0: presumably, you might rent something through like a VRBO or something like that as well. And then then you can, you're no longer under this uh, Airbnb's Silo, so you have to deal with rentals like that is that is that another issue
1: exactly so you had all these different channels where you're trying to rent on and each of them does things slightly differently um and you need to make sure yeah. that your checklist of to do is done for every booking and none of the software is out there um i mean okay. even to date, i haven't come across anything else that is able to keep track of that checklist And take into account the conditions of how the bookings occur on every channel and then tell you what's left to do and communicate that clearly to the guests so yes that was another issue and then even doing those things in the checklist was an issue for example dealing with security deposits so if you get a booking from say booking.com they at the time, they didn't even deal with payments, but even now they don't deal with secure deposits. So assume even if they take the payment from the guest, you're still left having to pre-authorize your secure deposit. So at the time, I had hired people who used to cycle around town or drive around town with payment machines in their hand. And we had to coordinate the exact time of the arrival of the guest with someone to be there to collect payment and or pre-authorize the funds. Um, and, uh, then you had to remember to refund that pre authorization or the charge that you made for the deposit. Or if you've taken cash, you had to give the cash back. Mm-hmm. Or if they paid by bank transfer, the deposit, you had to refund it. And then people used to make mistakes. And then we had, you know, reviews complaining about the fact that a month later they still hadn't had their money back. And of course, it wasn't on purpose. It was just that it had slipped. You know, we had, within six months, we went from five units to 50 units and from two people to over 10 staff. And yeah. things just went wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, it was finding ways of doing all of that remotely as well. Um, which was-
0: okay. And, and so you're just sort of left there trying to say, well, nothing works. You're demoing. I mean, other people must have the same problem, right? I mean, so were you like part of a Facebook group and were you asking, like, how do people manage this? What was the situation like when you were going through these problems as a property manager?
1: You see, for myself, it was a fairly steep learning curve.
0: Yeah. Because it sounds to me like you're not a technical guy, right? So no. you have more. I was of...
1: studying sciences at university. I was in Cambridge doing natural okay. sciences. So I had no, no clue of programming. And I've never studied business yeah. either. I mean, I'd worked in hotels or as a waiter or whatever, yeah. but I didn't really have any experience as such. And, you know, I didn't even know when I listed on booking.com, they only used to work with hotels. It was such a struggle to get on there. You know, now they've got lots of vacation rentals. But it was still yeah. early days for, for all this techie vacation rental type stuff. Airbnb was fairly new. I'd only just heard about it a year before that from my aunt because you know yeah. she was looking to rent something. And, and anyway, mm-hmm. long story. But yeah, the point was that I didn't really know that there were other people doing the same thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay. So I
1: stumbled on Airbnb. I found a couple of other profiles in Cambridge, you know, two other guys who had more than one unit that they were renting out. Um, and that was when I saw that, oh, there's other people doing it. But I didn't know there were people on Facebook, you know, groups with thousands of people. Uh, it was only a year and something later when I was trying to find how we can expand the portfolio and I came across across this concept of sourcing and, you know, finding units for other people to then run as Airbnbs and then came across this concept of, as they call it in, in Northern America, arbitrage. In the UK, they call it rent-to-rent. I yes. mean, that was just me, you know, having a special deal with one of the owners who wanted to fix rent every yeah. month, month. I didn't know that that was a thing, you know? <laughs> And I found it much later. So at that, that point, I wasn't even having conversations. I was struggling to understand why do they have a separate PMS... In a separate channel manager. And we started off with one PMS, linked to a channel manager, then found out the PMS wasn't good enough because it was for hotels. The channel manager said, try this other PMS that we work with. So we went zigzag, zack, zigzag, zack, zigzag, zigzag, Yeah,
0: spaghetti, like to kind of Frankenstein um, your own system. All right, so yeah. you're sort of at a property manager. Your growth is going well. Were you using cash flow to um, fund
1: the MVP then? So I was using the profits in the property man- management company to fund the software. Development okay.
0: Okay. And you had two developers. Were the developers there to help piece together the APIs between the PMS and the channel manager? Is that what they were? Or did you have to hire them to build this?
1: No. So we built built the whole system, not just the connections to channels. Okay. Um, so we, we built basically the whole PMS up um, and that's what we started off. We actually started off as an add-on to a PMS that we were using until we found out that their API connection was just awful and kept dropping and we couldn't, we were trying to build an operations automation platform to start with and not have to okay. deal with replacing the PMS.
0: Um, yeah, because that's massive, right? Building a PMS is massive. Yeah, but we um, basically,
1: it wasn't good enough to to build on top of, so we had to build our.
0: Okay. So, so tell me then... I mean, how did you handle that transition? Because it sounded like the, the PMS was just not even workable when you were first getting going. How was that? Was that was like was it a lot of manual stuff? Were you using like spreadsheets and trying to like Airtable thing together, or how how did it go in the beginning?
1: Yeah, I hadn't even heard of Airtable at that point. Uh, we were using spreadsheets. Um, we were right at the beginning. I'd even created a calendar on a spreadsheet. Um, Uh when we had three or four units, you know, for a date with each sort of each column being a date and then having a row for each um, property and then saying whether it was booked or whether it was blocked. And I mean, it was just basically pen and paper when we started off with, until I found out that there was such a thing as a PMS. And then I couldn't figure out why you also needed a channel manager. if I sold something that's meant to solve my problem, you know?
0: (laughs) Okay. And so when you started building the 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 is do you call it a PMS now cuz you it's listed as sort of a CRM?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a bunch of things. We've gone a lot beyond that initial scope. Um I the plan for it is much bigger than a PMS. So right now okay. we've got PMS functionality, channel management, booking engine. We've got our own channel like Airbnb say listing site. We've also got um operational task management. We've got uh sort of email management. Um and various integrations with bits and bobs and accounting system built in. Um so I don't know what to call it. We call it the hub, the hospitality hub. So yes, it it is a P- PMS, but it's a lot more than just a PMS.
0: But it says specifically for this property managers. So that's your vertical, which I imagine there's there's quite a lot of these. It's just sort of a...
1: multi-location remote property managers. Yeah. There's loads Okay.
0: Of them. <laughs> Okay. And, and it's growing sort of a, probably a booming business right now as Airbnb grows and people are starting to do this and people don't want to like. Like I want to rent out my house, but I just I don't wanna deal with it, so I give it to a manager is that and that's that's your essentially your client. is that correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, we do have owners who come directly to us, especially if they own multiple properties or even if they just own one or two um if okay. they value their time and they want to systematize things or they give it to a manager mm. okay so when we launched, we launched basically mid March last year, which was yeah just as the pandemic was hitting you know right so We've been very lucky in that we've grown, and we've grown significantly since we launched. Um, but it's not to say that Airbnb was really taking off over the last year. I think now no, we're starting not, to see, I, as we're heading yeah. into the summer in the northern hemisphere, um, and you know the vaccines are rolling out, we're starting to see some glimmerings of things might be about to really take off.
0: I, I have a feeling that you're, yeah, you're correct because. My impression is that the the Airbnb market would be drastically down, like 80% over the last year is what I'm thinking. I mean, I don't know any anything that's really open. There's a little bit in Europe that's open, but it's it's only like, you know, for a while. And then they seem to shut down a lot of cancellations, travels in total chaos right now.
1: Sorry, just to interrupt there. From a revenue perspective, it's right that it's had an effect, but we've actually got a freemium plan. So um, we've been allowing customers to get a free direct booking website with no intermediaries. So we, we help them handle all that checklist of what they need to do and have their own branded website where guests can book. Um, and okay. because of the way that the cancellations were dealt with just on that point that you were making, Airbnb really sided with guests. So you've got Pretty much any host in the world was completely annoyed with the way that it was handled and the unfairness with which it was handled. So, there has okay. been a big movement towards Book Direct over the last year. Um, and given that our whole vision for the company is a direct booking revolution, um, we just happen to be really well placed to have the right tech at the right time and be able to sort of jump on the back of that. So, even that little business that was out there, uh, I think that's what has helped us grow.
0: Okay. So, uh, so can you just explain to me, um, book direct, uh, so does that mean you're bypassing Airbnb or what is that? Uh, so I'm trying to envision what this is. So I'm a property manager and I don't have a, a proper way to get people to book. So I come to you and you build, like you give them a landing page or something. And... We give them a
1: full website builder. Okay, it's a full website builder. And custom pages and, you know whatever they want, pretty much.
0: Okay. So you give them like a template that basically that you guys, what is it like a WordPress theme or something? No, no, we've built
1: it up from scratch. So it's part of the system. So uh, we've built the technology to be able to provide people with direct booking websites. Um, And we've extended from that to be able to actually set up channels, which mix the properties from multiple um, hosts to build something like Airbnb. So we've called that Zibu Direct and we've integrated that with Google hotel ads with a free version and uh, you know it's been featured in the New York Times and CNBC as well which I guess also helped us grow ah, excellent it sounds yeah.
0: like you're you're hitting your stride and and going to find big success with this so so I'm trying to again envision this um, these people are managing their own SEO and they're they're managing their own sort of marketing but you're giving them a platform to advertise let's say you're set up in you know like in Mykonos or something like that and they have, 30 apartments. And so they're building a platform so that when someone goes to um, book, you know, like I want an Airbnb or, you know, um, a two bedroom in Mykonos, they find one of your clients and they come to your platform. It's, um, you know, it's a website that has all of these different apartments or units for rent. And then they come in and you take care of everything from there. The
1: reviews as well. We basically don't take care of anything but we help the hosts take okay. care of everything okay so for example we don't take payment from the guests but we facilitate that we give the tools to right the no so you're not you're but you're
0: giving that you're giving the software to so that they do that exactly yeah, yeah. that's what But I mean. we
1: allow the host to handle everything on their own terms so they link with Stripe or paypal account or whatever yeah um, and then they're in charge of it so we're not interfering we're not a middleman we just a platform providing right company,
0: right right okay i um, so...
1: doing it for free and then if someone wants to buy an entire premium product which is the whole property management system then they pay for that on a monthly basis really
0: and so you're doing all that for free eh? so yeah Yeah, all the
1: direct booking um stuff is free
0: and so what's the um tell me about the freemium package so, i mean what do they just get like one like how do you limit that so that how do you sure. get people to upsell
1: so basically on the free package you get everything you need to handle your direct bookings through your website but you can't have staff added, so you can't add your housekeepers and your maintenance staff and so on. You can't add investors, so the owners of properties. We have automated reporting for them. Um, you cannot link through API to the channels like Airbnb and Booking.com. You can use ICalls just to make sure that the dates mm-hmm. get blocked. Um, but okay. the, the rest of the bookings don't flow through Zivo and don't go through that checklist. So you get the checklist, but mm-hmm. you only get it for your own bookings. You don't have a centralized system that links all your sales channels basically
0: okay okay great so okay i understand the platform and you said you basically slowly built this over sort of two years for yourself is that right
1: well to be honest at the beginning we were sort of playing around trying to build an algorithm that would allocate uh, housekeeping tasks to housekeepers on the back of the other pms when we yeah. have people and Um, We didn't really do that much work, um, except for this algorithm, which took ages. Mm -hmm. um, and the a mathematician to write a 10-page formula, um, which we've ended up using. But basically, when we actually started building the PMS was um, a year before we launched. A year and a half before we launched, we really started working. So two and a half years ago, basically.
0: And it sounds like it would obviously be very customized to just you. Like, what made you decide to uh, offer this out to other people?
1: Um, it's a good question. It was actually, it sounds like it just happened, but it didn't just happen. It was a long uh, sort of back and forth in my head the whole time, whether we should keep this as a USP. Cause I could really see the need for it. Um, not just for ourselves, but by that time I knew there were other people doing the same thing. And I was thinking, you know, do we keep this as a USP and we just try to grow our business and scale and, you know, be able to compete on efficiency and pricing? Mm -hmm. Um, and just take the company global, or do we actually look at the software as a separate uh, business and offer that out to other people? And uh, I think I'm very glad that we chose the latter because it just has helped accelerate the development work by increasing the funding available, um, because I was set not to take on outside funding. So in a way, you know, the investors are our early adopters, are the partners, as we call them, that have decided to to team up with us um, in building this vision that um, we're all trying to get to.
0: Okay, that's interesting. So, I mean, I love this site. You built it for yourself. It's very robust sounding, which I'm sure, you know, it sounds like if it's handling all this, it sounds very robust. Have you heard complaints of people saying uh, that there's too much, it's too complicated, or? Yeah, okay. You do. Okay. So, and how do you handle that? Do you I just mean, that, that's
1: do... one of the problems that we had is that we, we set off to solve a problem for ourselves and it sort of had a sense of urgency. Yeah. And I had never developed software before or uh-huh. led the team to develop software. So we unfortunately completely missed out on design and user experience okay. and analysis and a whole bunch of stuff. And it's actually only over the last um, two weeks yeah. that we've now got teams working properly. You know, we weren't even working on a sprint basis. That started last year. And it's been a bit of a struggle to get the culture, you know, going to make sure that everything is done according to a preset methodology. So we have now hired a couple of designers and are starting to revamp the whole UI and the UX. Okay, um, Because a lot of things, we've basically added a lot of customization options and people sometimes, you know, larger customers and they come in, they just love it. They're like, oh, this is what I've been dreaming But people who don't use every single feature, they're like, why do I need to do this? And why do I need to do that? Well, I don't actually need this. You know, I do the cleaning myself. I don't want to add a housekeeper. Yeah. We've not got onboarding wizards built yet or anything like that. So Uh we're now sort of going back and looking at the user experience and seeing how we can really improve that. Simplifying. Um, Yeah.
0: How do you find the conversions from freemium to um, paid subscriber?
1: To be honest, um we have we don't upsell. No. So we don't push at all. But they so they what do they
0: they sort of hit a limit and then they say, Oh, I want yeah. this feature, and then they um then they turn into a paid user?
1: Um so a lot of people might sign up to the freemium plan, knowing that they'll only ever stay on the free plan because they already use another PMS, for example. Okay. And um we're fairly pricey, so we have a lot of people who would join if we were to drop our price by 50%. We could probably, I don't know, go to five or ten times our sales. Okay. Um, but we've consciously decided not to do that. Um, so we're never going to compete with others on price on this. So that means that a whole bunch of our premium users are never going to convert.
0: Okay. But it sounds like you're okay with that. Yeah. Why? Tell me, what's the reasoning?
1: I mean, that's our way of giving back is by providing this free platform, and it also helps um the paying users get more direct bookings, because one of the problems is even if you go on WordPress and build your own website to mm. get your own bookings, and say you sort everything else out, which you can't easily do, but you pull together various bits and bobs of software and you build your own thing, yeah, or you decide, you know, to do some of the things manually, you still have the problem of driving traffic to the website, so... Mm. What we are solving through Zeebo Direct is trying to increase the traffic that goes through one central platform uh, that brings free bookings for people. And obviously, the more stock there is on that website, the more traffic will be driven to it. So the free users are actually helping drive traffic to that as well, which ultimately benefits the patrons because they help, i sorry, patrons are premium users who mm-hmm. get more bookings. And okay. if they make more money, then we get more stability. So in that sense, it's feeding back to us at some point. And there's other ways that we might be able to monetize by providing, you know, payment solutions down the line or something and keeping a cut. Okay. It sounds
0: like you have a a big vision for this. What's your sort of, give me your, your vision on this uh, five, 10 year vision.
1: Yeah. So the vision is really, you know, the direct booking revolution is, the book direct movement is fairly big now in the hospitality community, Mm -hmm. um, especially with smaller owners trying to get these bookings direct. But for me, it's really more than just making that link between the guest and the host. I envision it being a platform where all the various stakeholders can communicate with each other and interact with each other. So for example, an owner wants to rent their house out um, as a vacation rental, Mm -hmm. they can go, they can't at the moment, but (laughs) the idea is they'll go on Zivu and they'll be able to see Who are the management companies in my area that provide the service? Look at their reviews um, from guests. Look at their reviews from their suppliers, how they're treating their staff or whatever. And then say, okay, this is the one. uh, Look at the prices. This is the one I want to work with. And just click whatever sign contract.
0: So it's almost like a glass door. Are you you familiar with that? It's a glass door rates employers. Yes, uh,
1: the ratings will be part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. To help people in their decision making process. Okay. And then basically, the idea is that whatever, if you've already created your listing for your property that you're advertising to find a management company, mm-hmm. all that information can be, you can give access to that management company to then start advertising that property. Because one okay. of the problems is when you're onboarding a new property, you obviously have to go and collect all the information. Um, from the owner. So, you know, that's already one step down. And then say, for example, interactions between the host and the cleaning company. So the cleaning company obviously needs the software to manage its tasks. Most cleaning companies don't use software to manage tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and if they do, then they have the problem that they've got regular tasks and then they've got these crazy people running Airbnbs, um, mm-hmm. who have bookings that change all the time and they, they can't schedule that into their system. So, that's why we spend so much time on that cleaning um, allocation algorithm. So in the future, we've got some really unique value that we can add to cleaning companies by allowing them to have a real um, time scheduling system that uh, sort of optimizes the allocation of repeating of recurring tasks with one off tasks that change based on the bookings of the guests and special requests and cancellations and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um so you know we also want to become the platform for those cleaning companies or for the taxi companies and allow the guests to book directly with the taxi company even as they're booking direct with the host and have their whole journey or book directly with a local restaurant i don't know how quickly we can expand to cover all these various um side businesses that link in with the Mm -hmm. experience but the idea is to have a, a huge marketplace
0: yeah is there anyone doing this now? It doesn't sound like there is. I mean, who do, you, do you envision yourself almost competing with uh, VRBO and Airbnb?
1: No, because VRBO and Airbnb don't deal with 80% the, of what, what we deal with at the moment, let alone what we will deal yeah, with.
0: Yeah, the, the cleaning stuff. So it's really just for property managers, not Well, for... in the
1: future, it will be for property managers and cleaning companies and gardeners and you know, yeah. roofers okay. and anyone who's got anything to do with property or with hospitality. You know.
0: Okay. Okay, that's great. And how is your marketing going now? Where are you finding most of your users? What's the the channel, the marketing channel that's working for you?
1: Um, so we have actually probably not done what most um, funded startups do. We've um, spent fairly little on marketing. Most of the money that we've spent on marketing has been on sponsorships. Um, either uh, we did two large events, one literally the day before the whole UK lockdown last year, which mm-hmm. was right before our launch. Um, we've been very lucky to win a couple of awards before we even launched (laughs) on the beta version and then a couple more afterwards Um, and we have
0: did you apply for these awards or how, how did you win them
1: yeah most of them we applied for i think one of them we didn't apply for
0: okay so they're like awards that you that you apply for yeah,
1: uh, the ratings okay. or votings or different different types of uh, mechanisms.
0: For so, so it's sort of word of mouth then, is that right?
1: Yeah. So mostly we focused on ensuring that all our customers are happy and in driving word of mouth recommendations. And that obviously spreads through the, all these Facebook groups that I found later on and I'm part of now. So initially, a lot of our customers came from the Facebook groups at one point before Instagram took it down. I'd found an Instagram bot, which was fairly efficient in messaging people and getting some conversions, Mm -hmm. but it only lasted for two or three months. And then um, they shut the bots down. Um, And now recently we've focused on in terms of marketing is building content. So we've got a fairly good blog. Okay. Um, and we've also launched um, Zivo Academy, which is basically um, at the moment it's free, and will be a free add-on to the software for the paying users. A training center for hospitality managers. Like so that. instead of spending money on ads, we're trying to spend money on value addition.
0: Yeah, that's your inbound strategy. Do you have any outbound strategy at all?
1: Um, we have built up a sales team, which is still relatively small, and we have tried doing outbound prospecting. Um, but to be honest, we've got enough inbound traffic. Now you do, <laughs> really. Keeps, we always have had um, yeah. a lot of inbound traffic um, in the beginning because I was fairly active on these groups on Facebook, and you okay. know, just saying, go and take a look, go and take a look. I still do that, yeah. but now also a lot coming through organic um, search results um, uh-huh. through the search engines. So we're not doing as much outbound as we should be.
0: Okay. And, and growth, how's your growth doing? You mentioned that you're b- fully bootstrapped, right? That's yeah. right. You, yeah. So that's, that's good. Um, has that affected your growth being by being bootstrapped or you don't feel like, cause you just, you're still, you're running the agency. It sounds like you started like a private equity uh, investment fund that's buying hotels. Is that correct? So you pulling over cash to help no, fund we've... the software or no, it's no, all no, separate. Been...
1: We Yeah, we, we've been in profit pretty much from day one. Okay. Um, well, not from day one, but um, the first month when we started accepting beta users, it was already covering salaries okay. by the end of the month. Wow. Um, and as we have scaled, I've tried to basically always be one step ahead. So I've always covered a couple of salaries from income that we have from the property management company. Okay. Um, but uh, now we're at the point where we're, I've not managed to scale the team as quickly as the revenue has grown. So we're actually in some profit at the moment. Okay. And how do you
0: envision um, scaling the company? Will you stay with the property management services and the software? Are you thinking the software has more potential or what's your feeling right now?
1: No. So what I was trying to do from the start was have a property management company that had software to back it up. Uh And then for the software, the idea was the software would make enough money to buy properties and then close the loop. Okay. Except for the software hasn't made enough money because it's kept going back in the software, but I've managed to raise enough funds now to purchase property. So, um, you know, now that we own the property, we get the, um, capital appreciation and the asset itself. We get a higher profit margin, um, the management say on the rentals. Yeah. And we have a higher efficiency because of software. So it really works very nicely together.
0: Okay, so you envision growing it all together then those this sort of three yeah. um arms of the of the company that are all helping each other. I mean, it sounds like a good model because you're going to understand the business, you know, because you're in it and you're doing it and so you're you're really reinforcing the the features in your software items that you need as long as it doesn't, you know, not getting too complicated and customizing for yourself, but getting feedback from users. It sounds like a very promising, uh, software. Um, so I look forward to, to keeping in touch. We're getting close to the end of the hour. Um, how can, how can anyone reach out to you or find, out? obviously, zivu.com. We'll put that in the show notes. But, um, if anyone wants to find out more about this, where can we send them?
1: Um, you can find me on Facebook, if you can <laughs> spell my name somehow, um, Naim anis Payman. Uh, you'll probably find the spelling on the About section of Zebu, which is Z-E-E-V-O-U. I'm on social media and I'm, I've also got my own website. You can contact me through there. We're actually, what we're starting to ideate next is a similar system for startups. So I'm trying to go one step up. Um, so we've just started working on Kuboid. You won't find it online yet because the website is not even up. But the idea is we're building a tool that startups can use to manage everything they need. So sales, marketing and development. And so again, a website builder, just as you're starting off, you know, you don't have to go and find a WordPress theme or whatever. You can build your features, you can add your integrations, we'll pop out a website, we'll give you sort of you know recurring billing management um
0: this is like a no code thing is this is another software idea then
1: yeah this is another software idea because basically now my issue is i need to look at metrics of signups conversions tracking look at the full funnel have a crm have a way to handle tickets have a way to handle billing okay so we've already built some of these tools for ourselves
0: i like this model that you have you have your own problems and then you just solve them and then you spin them off into your own software. It's great. <laughs> Let's see how far we go. <laughs> well, it sounds great. Uh, so Naeem, I thank you again for your time. And thank sounds you. like, yeah, we look forward to keeping in touch. And maybe we'll have a follow up show with you after COVID is uh, free and clear. and The tourism industry is booming again. We all can't wait for that to be happening.
1: Let's hopefully. Hope so. Yeah. Hopefully, in year. On, really.
0: Okay. Pleasure. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening to the Big Break Software Podcast with your host, Jordy Wardman. Be sure to click subscribe and check us out on the web. Keep listening and your software Big Break could be right around the corner.